Let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit of God, among us in such a way that we might be able to listen to your word and give us the insight to apply it to our lives and the world around us. For we pray these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Can I say how, how delighted I am to be with you all again today and uh, to thank you for the invitation to come and share in worship. As you know, I'm now in a new position in the Church of Scotland as the Church of Scotland, as you might say, internet minister. And uh, when I go around preaching now, I'm st starting to record some of my, my little sermons so that I can put them up on the internet for my congregation who can't always get to church but might be listening in to the service. You see, there are literally hundreds and thousands of people who have given up on going to church on a Sunday, but they've not given up on their faith. There's lots of reasons why they've given up in church, and I'm not going to go into those reasons this morning, but I just want to say that many of them love Jesus, but need to find a place where they can be encouraged and strengthened, and sanctuary first acts, as you might say, the their life support machine until they get back into a local congregation again. So if you're following Sanctuary First, you will know that this month we have moved to a new theme. And the theme we're looking at is the section in Genesis chapter 22 to the end of Genesis. So we're going through that whole section for this month in Sanctuary First. I've chosen this theme because I think it is the theme that is relevant to us all, but also it ties in with the church lectionary. Regardless what age we are or stage in life, we all find ourselves at some times trusting God, but struggling. Nothing comes easy in life, and indeed if the truth be told, it often seems more difficult when you're a Christian. When you're seeking to follow Jesus, sometimes you, don't, you can't take the shortcuts that someone else might take. You find yourselves being challenged. This month, the theme we are looking at in Sanctuary First has a bright, breezy theme to it. We've chosen sights and sounds of summer, but that's just to get your attention on the internet. But in actual fact, underneath the sights and sounds of summer is an acknowledgement that sometimes the summer is a struggle for family life. Holidays, pressure, struggle. I was listening to someone recently, I overheard a conversation, but you know, I wasn't listening in it, I was there, but I wasn't contributing, I was just listening. And this person was just saying how much of a struggle it was going to be to get on holiday because they didn't know who was going to look after the dog because they didn't want to put the dog in the kennels because the dog wasn't really ready to go into kennels and that was a real problem and then you know there was a struggle because it was a blended family and so therefore there were different children involved and how it was all going to work out it was becoming a bit of a struggle 
And as I listened, I thought, this person's going on holiday, and they're struggling even to get on holiday. And when they are on holiday, I wonder what it's going to be like, because they're going to be worrying about so many things. Looking at the church lectionary this month, if you look at Genesis chapter 22 and through to the end, there are four main stories. And these four main stories all center around family life. And in fact, if you want to get a bit of the reflection and teaching in Genesis, the book of Genesis is really a book that is taking you into how God deals with people in a personal way in families. And then it's when in the Exodus that you begin to see how God deals with a nation. And it's interesting that the story of in Genesis is about how God deals with one man's family, Abraham. And how God fulfills his promise to that man that his family would become a nation. But the book of Exodus is all about how you create a community and the rules to govern a community. Whereas Genesis is about how God has a covenant and a personal relationship with human beings. So let's, there are four, so if you follow us actually first, I'm encouraging you to join my church, but you don't need to stop coming to St. Paul's. You can just look in on the internet to Sanctuary First. You will find this week that we're looking at the story of Abraham and Isaac, a father and son relationship on a journey. You might say, Abraham says to Isaac, I think you and I should go on a holiday together, a holy day together. We're going to worship God. Will you come with me? It's an interesting idea to think that he might say that to his son, knowing what we know about the story. It's an interesting idea. Abraham is an interesting person. He's an adventurer. He doesn't go to church. Because there ain't any church for him to go to. He's a man struggling to know God. And it begins, you're introduced to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And you're introduced to this man who is 75 years old. And God's speaking to him to do something new and different. Now you might wonder, what relevance has that got for people today? Well, I tell you, it's got a lot of relevance for those of us who are getting grey in here. Because it's this. That we're living longer now than we ever did. And when people retire at 60 or 65, they can have another lifetime ahead of them in retirement. What are you going to do with that life? How are you going to use it? And you see, Abraham at 75 became restless in his heart. He didn't have a church or a preacher to speak to him, but God spoke to him. God speaks to people regardless where they are or who they are. 
And Abraham was restless, looking for something more. And in fact, that's what the whole interpretation in Hebrews is all about. When Hebrews seeks to tell, the writer of Hebrews seeks to tell us that Abraham was not only leaving other colleges in search of land and a nation and, and feeling that God was going to bless him in some special way, but he was in search of something deeper. He was in search of a spiritual connection with God. And sometimes we can be in our 70s and be called by God to a new place to engage in a new idea to be God's pioneer. And he even asked guys in their 60s to do that. Because that's my job now. I'm a pioneer minister. To do something. So Abraham... Backstory is he's an adventurer. He's someone who has a kind of connection with God. God has spoken to him. He's prepared to move out and, and be challenged. He leaves family behind. He takes his, his, his nephew with him. And they go in search of something more. Of course, there's more to the story than that. Abraham doesn't always behave very well. You know, sometimes as Christians we, we, we build up this, the, the patriarchs as though they were wonderful people. But you know, Abraham was quite a challenging person. God has given him a vision that he will build and give him a family. And yet he's 75 and he's got no children of his own. And it doesn't look as though it's all going to happen. So he's moved out. He's on this journey with God. He's going to have a family. He's going to, he's going, he's going to be blessed. And it's not happening for him. There's a whole story of how he deals with Hagar. And how he deals with Ishmael. And how he's prepared to put him out into the desert because he wants to appease his wife Sarah because she now is worried in case Ishmael is going to become the heir and so there's this tension going on there and Abraham, this tension in the family life it's all there to be read and how, how is it going to be resolved and the only way it's resolved is finally is when yes when when Isaac is born, there is tension between the two of them too because as an older lady, she has a child. God blesses her and the child happens and a miracle happens and, she, and there's a story of, of, of you all know the story of how Sarah laughs at it all and says, that's impossible at my age to have a child. So, I'm trying to paint a picture here that this is not an easy family life. There's lots of struggle going on here in this story. Then finally, after been waiting for a child for so long, Abraham believes God's calling him and challenging him and saying, do you love me? Will you obey me? And Abraham's thinking, how is God wanting me to express, express my commitment to him? 
And this is the struggle that's going on in Abraham's head. The communities around him practice child sacrifice. Should I be doing this? Should I be showing God that, that, that I love him so much that I'm prepared to give up a son? Although he's promised me that there'll be a nation born out of my family, but I've only got one son. And so you have this story unfolding in the scriptures where Abraham goes for a, a journey with his son, thinking one thing, but believing another. I wonder how many of us in our Christian lives have started out on a particular journey, believing one, thinking one thing, but believing another. Thinking this, this is how God wants it to be, but believing God is going to do something different. You know, that's the story in my life all along. We sometimes get God wrong. We sometimes think what God is wanting, and it's not what God is wanting. Because deep down in our hearts, we believe and we know what God is really like. And I think that deep down in his heart, Abraham knew what God was really like, and Abraham knew that God would not allow him to sacrifice his son. And of course, he discovers that God makes the provision. He sees, he sees the, the lamb, and he realizes that God is not wanting him to sacrifice his son. But there's an interesting caveat to all. God's illness says to him, I know what you were trying to do, Abraham, and I know you were trying to, believe, to, to, to obey me, but I've made another kind of provision. And, but I wonder if God was really saying, but you got that not quite right. And I'm just throwing that out as a, a thought, a reflection. I'm not saying this is the, the end best interpretation, but it seems to me it's something to just deeply think about. Because it's the most horrific story you could ever read in the scriptures. Someone going to kill their son. God takes us to places, and sometimes those of us who are Christians, we go to extremes that God is not inviting us to go to. And we re then reinterpret it to try and understand it. And God makes a provision, a true provision of the Lamb. Why am I saying all this? Because it says in the scriptures, we are all tempted in many different ways. But God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able, but will make a way of escape. How do we apply this today? I want to apply this idea this morning that sometimes we journey on a way thinking this is what God is wanting. But God is taking us somewhere else and he's making a provision for us. Because God loves us. And God fulfills his promises. And so he fulfills his promise to Abraham. 
And of course, Abraham is blessed and becomes the father of a nation. And the whole book of Exodus is all about how that nation begins to grow and make its way in the world. But it's not without struggle. And our Christian lives are not without struggle and our personal encounter with God and with Christ is not without struggle and not without difficulty sometimes. But the underlying message of the sermon this morning is it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. God has made a provision. God understands. I have a I have a text in my study and it says with God all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. I think it's Julian of Norwich that said that. And I've come to the conclusion in my life that sometimes I think things and I get things out of proportion and, and, and I overthink things. And it's not really what it should be. What will happen if this happens and if that happens and the next thing happens? And what we need to hear this morning is with God all things will be well. And all manner of things will be well. In other words, God has a provision for you and God cares for you. And he loves you. And in your brokenness, he mends you. And to finish off, I thought, I wonder what that conversation was like when Isaac was going back with his dad. Dad, were you really going to do that? Were you really going to kill me, Dad? And then I wondered, what was the psychological effect on Isaac? How did, I, how did he cope with it for the rest of his life? Do you know my dad was just about to kill me? Or was it something more? Was it Abraham saying, did you not hear what I said? I was thinking one thing but believing another that God was going to provide a lamb and he did. Sometimes as we go back and we look at these things, we see how God has worked in our lives and we're called to the place of thanksgiving and saying to God, thank you for what you've given me. And in the midst of all my mistakes and my longing to be obedient to you and the things I get wrong, you still love me. And I want you to hear that this morning. And I thought there was a lovely response to the sermon. It was just simply this little hymn which goes, Take, O oh, take me as I am. Summon up what I will be. Set your seal upon my life. Come, live in me.